0: everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Sutter Speak. When sellers think of sourcing goods from overseas, the first thing that pops into their head is China. Obviously, the manufacturers from China are known for their reasonably priced exports, but there are a few other countries um, that have huge export markets as well, and India is one of them. So in today's SellerSpeak session, we'll be discussing in detail the potential of Indian export markets. We have Mikla Bhaldwaj for the second time in SellerSpeak. Thank you so much for joining, Mikla. It's a pleasure to have you again. Hi, Ankita. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> So um, in today's discussion, uh, we'll be exploring um, more details about how Indian uh, export markets work, how the manufacturers uh, work, and etc. And those of you who don't know who Megla is, uh, she's the brains behind the Global Sources Summit, uh, the biggest sourcing conference that happens in uh, Hong Kong every twice twice every year. And she has profound knowledge in the sourcing and manufacturing industry. She has eighteen years of experience and she also has uh, great insights into selling on Amazon as she um, hosts these frequent uh, meetups seller, uh, for online sellers in Hong Kong and Singapore very often. And thanks again Migla for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. you so much Ankita.
0: Yeah. So to start off, Megla, China has been the most preferred country to export materials for a while now. But now, given that the Chinese economy is in a state of slowdown, do you think sellers should start exploring other countries to meet their sourcing requirements?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, definitely Amazon sellers should try to explore other countries. I mean, India is one of the biggest exporters, so definitely that's the first country that comes to mind. And uh, there are a couple of advantages of, uh, you know, sourcing from India as compared to China. So first of all, um, Indian manufacturers, they uh, they specialize in a lot of handcrafted products, so handicrafts and all. So that is a very specialized and unique kind of product category that can command higher prices and uh, that can offer, you know, higher profit margins to e-commerce sellers. Cause nowadays what's happening is that, you know, Amazon is becoming so saturated mm-hmm. and all of the you know, quote unquote gurus out there are teaching kind of similar methods to source products. So, you know, they say that, Hey, you source a product from China, it could be a, you know, garlic press or a fidget spinner or something like that. And then you kind of um, modify it a little bit and then put your own private label to it. But what happens is that once such a product becomes popular, then uh, a lot of the other sellers just jump to it, jump on the product, and then it becomes very crowded and competitive. And then it's just a race to the bottom, you know, in terms of the price. And there's hardly any profits for most sellers. And so a better strategy, I would say, you know, that some sellers are looking at now is to still do some of the sourcing from China, but at the same time, diversify their product range, diversify their sourcing, and look to countries like India as well, so that they're kind of not putting all their eggs in one yeah. basket, and because the products in India, you know, are um, more unique, they can uh, command higher prices. There's definitely more profit margin there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. I've- I definitely agree with you because I have seen I've been seeing this pattern with a lot of uh, online sellers uh, where they have where the source the same exact product from Chinese uh, manufacturers and then uh, that only leads to saturation of markets. So I think it's time they uh, everybody thinks of diversification. Um, So the last time you were on the show we discussed whether sellers looking to source products from China should work with an agent or contact the manufacturing factories directly. So let's approach the same scenario with India in mind. So for a beginner who is looking to source products from the Indian markets for the first time, what is the best way to go forward to find reliable suppliers? So
1: first of all, uh, the best way to find reliable suppliers is, uh, you know, there are supplier directories like globalsources.com has uh, manufacturers from india on mm. on our website and then even at our exhibitions in hong kong there are suppliers from india specifically manufacturing fashion products such as apparel fashion accessories jewelry and so you know those are two uh, important ways to find suppliers and then there's also a website called indiamart.com where suppliers uh, where buyers can go for uh, go to look for suppliers yeah. but i think you know when you're starting out um, I would suggest, you know, place a small order and just do it yourself so that you can understand the process a little bit. You know what the challenges are. You know how it is to deal with suppliers. And then as you grow, as your order scale, then you might want to consider working with, you know, a sourcing agent or, you know, in India, they're known as buying houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the companies that generally work with, uh, you know, bigger sellers. But I, I know that there are some agencies in India now, that actually specialize in catering to e-commerce sellers. So yeah, I think as you scale, you wanna consider working with an agent.
0: I see, okay, okay, got it. And as a follow-up to your answer um, uh, about categories, right? So Chinese are one of the market leaders for exporting electronics, toys, and furniture. Similarly, what are some of the uh, other product categories apart from uh, handicrafts that Indian industries specialize in?
1: Yeah, so of course textiles is a big product category, so especially mm-hmm. cotton textiles. So India is, a, is actually the largest producer of cotton in mm. the world. And um, so there are a lot of really good cotton products like you know apparel, uh, home furnishings, like cushion mm. covers, rugs, stuff like that. And then there are certain materials that India specializes in, for example, metal, wood, bamboo, ceramic, Uh, Jute is another Mm. material that a lot of manufacturers produce uh, products in. And then in terms of product categories, you know, there's um, houseware, tableware, kitchenware, uh, a lot of lamps and lighting, furniture, home furnishings, carpets, rugs, um, leather goods. You know, leather is another Mm. good product category from India. In fact, the quality of leather that is produced in India is much better than the quality of leather in China. And this oh. is something that I've heard from buyers who are actually buying products from both countries. Right. So yeah, definitely consider leather if you're sourcing products. And then gifts and stationery items, I would say, is another category. So you have uh, you know Christmas and home decor, candles, incense mm. sticks, candle stands, um, decorative gifts, corporate gifts. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there are like stationary products, handmade paper is another uh-huh. interesting category that you could, you know, do interesting products in. And then there are a lot of eco-friendly products. So for uh-huh. example, bamboo and cane, yeah. uh, jute is another interesting product. So, you know, what you can do is, you know, when you're sourcing products from India, you've got to be a little creative mm-hmm. and you can yeah. actually use these interesting materials to yeah. give a twist to regular products that yeah. are you know, selling well. Uh, on Amazon. So, for example, you know, a, a simple product like a coaster, mm. you could manufacture it in, uh, you know, jute. So that yeah. kind of gives a different touch to it. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, if you're adventurous, then there are spices as well, like food <laughs> items and spices. Yeah. <laughs> India is the first known for its spices, yeah. right? And then India has a lot of uh, indigenous styles of handicrafts that you could consider. Yeah. Like each region, in fact, has specific. You know handicrafts that they specialize in so mm-hmm. that is something that you would not find in other countries and very distinctive products and then there are a lot of specialty handloom fabrics that you could consider like uh you know what are they called like i don't remember the names but there are very specific names of these indian you know fabrics that are yeah. kind of very special yeah so yeah there are a lot of interesting products
0: Nice. I, I had no idea that there's so many different categories that uh, India specializes in, right? And um, so usually the Indian markets obviously produce products for Indian audience, right? So do you think um, that would sort of like cater to American audience uh, taste as well? Or how, how can one go about, uh, you know, manufacturing uh, products for the Western world?
1: actually there are companies that specialize in exports and those Uh companies don't like to cater to the domestic market they like to focus on exports and so they have a very good understanding of what the needs of overseas buyers are and uh, what they'll do is you know maybe if they have some extra like overruns or something they'll supply those to the domestic market but they really focus and specialize
0: uh, in exports oh that's 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 pretty interesting. And you had also suggested how a seller can go about negotiating with Chinese suppliers last time. So you, uh, you said something about uh, payment terms uh, where the suppliers uh, expect 30 to 70, wherein uh, you pay 30% upfront and you place um, the order. Uh, when you place the order and 70% just before the shipment, do you think such a model will work in India as well? And uh, do Indian suppliers open up to negotiations easily? Uh, given that the potential buyers are likely to be based out of India?
1: So, um, typically, Indian suppliers would prefer 50-50 in terms (sighs) of the payment terms instead of 30-70. And then they generally don't like to negotiate prices right at Mm. the beginning. But if you place repeat orders with them and if uh, if they trust you and um, if you kind of build a relationship with them, then they are more willing and open to negotiate prices, and they might, you know, for example, not charge you for samples at all. I see. Uh, oh. If they build a kind of relationship, you know, with you, and they know that you're, um, you know, a stable buyer giving them repeat orders. Yeah. So right at the beginning, when you're approaching them, yeah. uh, definitely don't start with negotiating, you know, the prices.
0: Oh, wow. Really? Okay. And what tips do do you uh, have for our sellers to build familiarity and trust with Indian manufacturers to ensure long-term association then?
1: So first of all, I would say that, you know, just go visit the factory. I mean, if you can, especially if you're treating this as a business and if you're, you know, really serious about sourcing from India, I would say just go visit the factory. You know, just like in China, when you show up at the factory, you're actually communicating to them that, hey, I'm a serious buyer And I've flown all the way from, you know, my country to visit you and you're standing in front of them. So there's, uh, you know, that instantly builds the trust and relationship between the supplier and the importer. That's one thing. And then treat them as a partner, you know, try to work with them. Um, Don't treat them as someone who's just making products for for you. You know, if there are certain things in their production process that can be improved, make those suggestions to them and, uh, you know, help them improve their processes as well that's mm-hmm. another thing that i would suggest and then um you know i would also say that indians are very you know sometimes the the there's not much of a line between business and kind of friendship you know yeah. so we're kind of uh, <laughs> we we like to make friends with our business partners as well so And I think it's very similar in China as well. Like when you go out for dinners with your suppliers, that's very common in India as well. They will sometimes take you out for dinner or even maybe organize a trip for you to a tourist location. So that's, you know, very common. And just go Uh with the flow. And, um, you know, you can talk personal things with with the suppliers and ask them about their family and and stuff like that. So I think it's just over time. Oh, and another thing is that pay them on time. (laughs) I think uh, that's something, especially when you're, you know, starting and we're just placing new orders with them. Um, I think Indian suppliers are a little particular about that, about payments. So make sure you're paying them on time and that in, in itself will help, you know, them trust you more.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Speaking of payments, what kind of price difference can a seller expect between Chinese markets and Indian markets, considering that Indian rupee has depreciated by uh, more than 30 percent in the last decade against the dollar. Right. So can that be a major deciding factor here?
1: I think the thing that we have to consider is the product categories are not very comparable. So, for example, India specializes in handcrafted high value kind of products. Whereas China produces more of high volume, machine made, you know, plastic spatulas. Those kinds of products are not found in India at all. Mm -hmm. So I feel that in terms of price, there is no real, you know, real comparison. China is, has taken over, uh, you know, most of the product categories. So India, um, you know, there are very few and specialized products that are manufactured in India, I would say.
0: Oh, OK. Got it. Yeah. So that, that does make sense a lot when you compare uh, mass produced products compared to, uh, you know, um, products that have been worked on by people, you know, handicrafts. And yeah, so there will be a huge difference. Interesting. Yeah. yeah
1: just to give you an example, you know, yeah. let's
0: say there is um, I was talking to
1: somebody actually uh, recently who's sourcing products from India and selling yeah. on Amazon. And they were saying that they, they buy a product that is used by most men yeah. and their price on Amazon is actually double the price of the same product from a Chinese right. supplier. Oh. And their profit margin is much better because yeah. theirs is a handmade product and you know, the design is very different. It's very unique. So yeah. they're able to you know, be profitable and command mm. higher prices.
0: Oh wow, that that's actually counterintuitive, uh, because if you expect like um, uh, double the charge, just to, just to, um, uh, so to speak, right? Um, so probably sellers would be worried that hey, my margins might be low, and how do I compete with other sellers sourcing from China, you know? But uh, it's interesting that they can actually differentiate themselves from the rest of the sellers who are sourcing it from China without. You know the same-looking products with maybe um, inferior quality, uh, if if that's the case. And uh, yeah, and maybe they're not
1: selling millions of pieces, right? I mean, that's the yeah. other thing to consider yeah. that there is a specific niche or a, you know yeah. specific market that yeah. that appreciates those kinds of products and is willing to pay higher prices for better quality and better designs.
0: Hmm, interesting. So during our last session, you had mentioned how prominent the sourcing community is in China and Asia, right? Uh, Even with all the competition. So in comparison, in the sourcing community in India, um, what what does it look like? And um, are there major sourcing exhibitions taking place in India as well?
1: Yeah, so there is actually uh, one major exhibition that is relevant for Amazon sellers. It's Mm -hmm. called Indian Handicrafts and Gifts Fair. And uh, it's also called Delhi Fair. Sometimes it's held in Delhi in February and October. And it's nothing compared to Canton Fair in China. Canton Fair in China literally has like tens of thousands of suppliers. But this fair is relatively smaller. It has about three thousand exhibitors. But um, all of them are export focused, and they produce you know products that are already selling well in um, you know their their export markets. And uh, <clears throat> So if you if, if people want to source products from China, this is the fair to go to. Um, you know, there are a lot of the, the product categories uh, at the fair are basically the handcrafted product categories. Mm-hmm. So you'll find uh, metal products, wooden products, lamps, furnishings, textiles, rugs, those kinds of products. Yeah,
0: Interesting. And uh, at these fairs, can they find uh, agents as well to continue their communication further once the um, fair is over as well?
1: No, usually the agents are not at the fair. The fair is only, uh, you know, the exhibitors are only manufacturers. Yeah. But there are other ways to find agents. I mean, there's this one agent that I uh, personally know, and uh, they actually have, uh, you know, U.S. or American staff working in India. So I think a lot of the U.S.-based sellers, they like to work with such companies because, uh, you know, they understand, um, you know, the culture is is very similar and they understand the product requirements better.
0: Interesting, interesting. So uh, in conclusion to what you just uh, spoke about, what do you think are the major differences between sourcing from India and China and what challenges uh, does India face to become a top player in the international export community? Yeah,
1: so I think, um, first of all, the biggest advantage sourcing from India is lower MOQs, lower Mm. minimum order quantities. Uh Because these products are mostly handcrafted, most manufacturers will cater to uh, smaller MOQs Mm -hmm. um, without any problems. You know, that is not the case usually in China. The MOQs, you know, start from 500 pieces and then they go up to in the thousands. But in India, uh, the MOQ would be about, you know, 300 to 400 pieces as well. And they can go, uh, you know, as low as 50 pieces because these are handcrafted items, of course, the price might be slightly higher if you're ordering smaller quantities, but, you know, they're open to doing that. And that's a big advantage. If you are just starting out on Amazon with, with not a lot of investment, you know, even if you have like 500 a $1,000, you can easily start with, um, you know, a product and you can test the product in Amazon and then slowly scale up your business. Mm-hmm. And people have done that. I mean, I personally don't know somebody who's sourcing from India and he started with like, I think a thousand dollars or so. And now he's doing six figures on Amazon sourcing products only from India. So it's definitely possible. Um, So that's one advantage I feel, you know, the lower MOQs. And then there's a big challenge actually when sourcing from China and that is logistics. Mm. So, um, you know, the infrastructure in India is not very developed. The ports, for example, or the roads, they're not very developed. So lead times typically can be longer than they are from China. -hmm. So, um, you know, for example, during monsoons, things might really slow down because, uh, you know, the roads are flooded and and things like that. So, and there are other things like if you are sourcing from a city that's in the interior, that's further away from a port, Mm -hmm. then your lead times will be even longer because a lot of the transportation is done, you know, by rail or by road. And there are so many um, things that can go wrong. Uh, you know, the trains are delayed, for example, or, you know, you know how it is in India, right? I mean, our infrastructure is not very efficient. (laughs) So that's something that importers need to keep in mind when they're sourcing from India. And they can, uh, you know, keep an eye on the deliveries on their production orders, they have to communicate with suppliers on a regular basis. And they also have to build in some buffer time in their delivery lead time. So it can take anywhere from you know, three to four months for the product to be delivered from the time when you start talking to the supplier.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Interesting. And how can uh, one overcome these uh, delays?
1: So one thing is that you have to be uh, constantly in touch with your supplier and, you know, make sure that you know what the, what, where the product is, you know, what's happening with the product, what, what's the status of the order? And another thing that you can do, especially as you scale, is work with an agent, a local mm-hmm. agent in India, who can, you know, follow up with the supplier more closely. Um, who can harass the supplier? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean that's another thing that you could consider doing. And then uh, instead of depending on one supplier, you know, you could have a backup supplier, for example, to source products from two or three different suppliers. And, you know, that ways in case there is a delay at one supplier, at least you have a backup order or you can go to the other supplier to, um, you know, get your backup order.
0: Got it. Okay. That's interesting to have agents, uh, local agents, uh, so that we can ensure. Okay. Uh, That's that's good. And finally, we know how popular Global Sources Summit has become and it's easily been one of the best global trade shows for a few years now. October Summit was also a great success. So what are some of the things to look forward to for the summit in April?
1: Yeah, we're so excited about the upcoming summit and uh, especially because Dilip from Seller (laughs) App is also going to be speaking at the summit. So yeah, super excited about that. So for those who don't know what the summit is about, this is a three-day conference that is held in Hong Kong every April and October. And it is held in conjunction with our Global Sources trade shows. Um, So basically, both events are held at the same venue. The conference is held on the second floor of the exhibition venue, and the exhibitions are held at the ground floor. So basically, the idea is you come to the conference, you learn all about sourcing and selling online. At the same time, you can also meet with uh, thousands of Chinese suppliers and also Indian suppliers at the show. So, this time um, we have themes for each of the three days. Um, so, the first day we have uh, the theme is product selection and sourcing. And actually, one of the topics that we're covering is how to find unique products from India. Hmm. And then we're also talking about things like, you know, 10 hacks to source products cheaper, quicker, and easier. On day two, our focus will be on driving traffic and sales and we're going to be talking about things like you know how to use lead magnets to acquire customers um you know for customers and leads and then we're talking about social media marketing like what are the strategies to accelerate your sales using social media Uh, we'll be talking about google shopping ads and also insurance how to uh, build a strong legal foundation for your amazon business and then the On day three, we're talking about reviews and also a bit of a forecast uh, for the industry. So we'll talk about how to influence buyers and generate reviews. And then uh, for the last session, we're going to be talking about uh, what's ahead for Amazon and how sellers can prepare for what's coming. And then after the summit, we actually have an advanced training. This is a four-hour advanced training that will be done by Kevin King. Kevin is actually a very well-known e-commerce expert and he gives a lot of great information, actionable tips. And um, so he's gonna be doing this uh, advanced session. It's four hours and he's prepared close to a thousand (laughs) slides for this presentation. (laughs) So if someone is, um, you know, an advanced seller or looking for very advanced tips, I would uh, strongly recommend them to take a look at this and consider attending this advanced training.
0: Awesome. That was, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And I look forward to attending it, hopefully. And, um, so that was another great session, Meghla. There was a lot of information, actionable insights, and I hope, um, a lot of our viewers that are watching this video will go ahead and, uh, you know, source some, some products, at least try out Indian markets. And uh, for our viewers who are um, uh, who want to attend the Global Sources Summit in April from 27th to 29th, um, you can um, find the registration link in the description below to get an early access. And as Megla pointed out, uh, we're super excited to announce that um, our our co-founder, Dilip Vamanan, will, um, will also be a part of the speaker's panel. He'll be presenting in detail the pre- uh, role of predictive and analytics in e-commerce. Thank you so much, Megla, for joining us again. Thank you so much, Ankita. Have a great day yeah and uh if you like this video do give us a thumbs up subscribe to our youtube channel for more great content do follow us on facebook and instagram and head over to sellarapp.com for a seven day free trial to get access to all of our features and um our great platform to get a lot of information and actionable insights so uh thank you so much stay tuned until next time thank you